Hey there, green future growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app. And let's get growing. I'm just going to introduce you and we'll we'll try to go like raw and live. And I think listeners will enjoy this. Okay. Okay. I'll try to, you know, whatever. I'll deliver. oh my gosh i'm laughing already well listeners if you are hearing this little pre-chat um i have somebody back on the line to entertain us and share his valuable knowledge so a listener and an awesome teacher here is matt zeller to tell us um a little more about edible weeds and just to share his garden journey and be an awesome guest so welcome back matt Awesome. Thanks. What up, OGP community? Um, it's, a, it's a privilege to be back here. This is now the second time I've really done a podcast like this. And the first time was uh, with you, Jackie, like whatever, two years ago. So still exciting, equally as exciting. Uh, well, we are so glad to hear from you because you know, because you are a white <laughs> audience, that we just like it's the guests that make this show. And so many people listen to your episode before. And I know people are really excited to listen to this episode too. Like, because I always like talk about you. I think you're even in my Organic Oasis guidebook where I talk about chickens, growing chickens in the suburbs. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know that. How cool. This is, it's great. I love this. You know what? I spent so much time reading it last year and then I kind of like haven't read it since last year. And so now it's like all Mm -hmm. kind of coming back to me in the last month. I've been talking about it a lot (laughs) and looking at it. Like I was on somebody's show the other day and she was asking me like, what herbs do you recommend? And I was like, what herbs do I recommend? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Well, usually when I talk about edible weeds and how nutritious they are and where you can find them and how to identify them, um you know usually people switch off the station not like download it and listen to it as they drive so um this is a this is a cool place to be this this fringe organic gardener podcast community so it's an honor to share the sound space you've had some pretty like bad published people come across and share their books and their knowledge and their phds and them you know, I'm more of a dilettante who thinks I'm hilarious. And so uh, I snuck in, I'd say, but I'll, I'll do my best. I'll I do think my you're best. just being yeah. humble. And I think there were a lot of golden seeds dropped when you were on the mic. So cool. share some golden seeds with us today. Maybe give people like okay. a little bit of background around you, about you. Because like since I had the amazing Melissa Norris followed right by Jeff Ditchfield, uh, my numbers have almost doubled just since December this year. And so there are a ton of new listeners so awesome. go ahead and tell them a little bit about your all right the crazy neighbor <laughs> I'll, yeah the crazy neighbor all right i'll give you i'll give you a little background and and i put together you know because i i teach school i put together a nice acronym that i came up with recently when um you know in light of all this quarantining and stuff like that so, so we'll go through i think it'll be fun i think it'll be fun so my name is Matt Zeller. I teach high school. I actually have a master's, but it's in education. My gardening and, uh, you know, my all things health and plants and my passion for that. And we're just wearing the color green. That might be a coincidence, but I do wear a lot of green. Um, 
that's all how do i say that's non-academic i just i just love it like i have an organic interest in it and um, i'm very involved with it all the time hands are dirty um and i'm always reading and listening i live in denver right in the city in denver denver in a neighborhood and i have you know a I don't know how big my house is, but it's not big and the yard is not big either, but we've got a good solid amount of garden space and then some chickens. And the story of my chickens is, you know, it's pretty interesting. It like took me forever to build the coop because I was determined to do it completely by salvaging wood and I did. Um, we had a raccoon issue, took, a, took out our chickens last July and uh i never caught that raccoon but Aww. he has not we got yeah we got three more hens and they're laying well and then we have actually seven chicks that are like whatever four weeks old growing in our garage and that's really exciting so in the chicken world and then um i guess the thing i'm kind of becoming famous for is my love of eating weeds and I, that's more out of just pragmatics um so my my analogy is like if you were to move into a house in the winter and then spring rolls around and the snow melts and suddenly your yard is just overgrown and there's kale everywhere right you would you walk out and go we didn't plant this kale so it's weeds we gotta spray it you know we gotta dig them all up or if you know if you're organic we gotta dig them all up or we gotta hire some uh i don't know ruminant herbivores to walk through here and clear it out for us. No, you'd probably eat it because you're like, it's kale and it's healthy. Well, that's the way I view weeds, be, you know, weeds, air quotes, because most of them are, kind of about most of them, but most of the main ones that we hate the most, we Americans in our yards and probably Canadians, I don't know, Canada, please don't email me if I'm wrong about your love of weeds. Uh, like most of them are I'll say a lot of them are very edible and a lot of them are very nutritious. So that's what got me, I don't know, my spot on the map here. Um, I don't know, how'd I do? Usually I do twice as long as I should. That was probably twice as long as I should. More bio than you need. <laughs> oh, that was so awesome. I loved it. I was just laughing the whole time. So I think that's a great introduction. And cool. my, I have a little, so I'm teaching third grade this year and I have a little student who like, on the first day that we were quarantined that first Monday, like I had just called mm -hmm. all my parents that Sunday night and was like, well, I bleached the classroom and don't be late tomorrow because pictures it's picture day. And then an hour later, the governor came on and said, you're not going to school. So that morning I wanted my <laughs> kids to feel as safe and as regular as normal. So at 10 to eight, when we start our day with a journal prompt, I posted a journal prompt. What do you want to learn while you're home this week? And one of my mm -hmm. kids said, I want to learn how to hatch an egg nice so i want to know what can you do about <laughs> hatching an egg because you have these chicks last year we had a grizzly bear go through so the first time we've had eggs hatch at our house in all our 20 years of having chickens and we had five babies coming up but one of them made it like a month after the grizzly bear went through all of a sudden just one of those baby chicks and now she's there all alone but mike hasn't been able to fix the fence yet till the ground thaws more that's amazing you got to breed that one chicken that's a pretty robust Genesis, right? Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I know we want to get her a friend so bad. The poor thing's probably so lonely, but um, until he fixes that fence, 
we can't. I like got scared the other day going out to the outhouse because like this one fence gate that's always been there. I never realized it, it like it finally got knocked down so bad he can't even like prop it up until he can fix it for good. And like my dogs were in the house and I was like, there was something there. It must've been a deer maybe, but like, I was like, what if that was a bear? It was just scary on my, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, totally off you... topic there. Other than, you know, when I was at Free the Seeds, the number one challenge the people that I talked to had was deer, keeping deer out of their garden. Yeah. So fencing is big. But um, do you want to say anything about, what do you, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about edible weeds, right? And growing, you know, it's so funny. My, um, I had a friend last year who moved into a house in town in December. And when that exact, exactly what you said happened, she snow melted and they had a yard full of dandelions <laughs> because the people who had, and it is, she is on a huge lot. The people mm-hmm. who had it though, had never added really any soil amendments and their soil was just, you could just see how dry and, and unhealthy their dirt was. Yeah. And there they were. And yeah, well, okay. Here's my idea, Jackie. Let me run this past you. I, I think it'll be fun. So well, a little background, my, whatever, I ended up going to Walmart one night, like two weeks ago. I probably shouldn't have said it's Walmart, but it happened to be a Walmart because it was on the way and plus had my cousin in the car and whatever. And he's like, let's get some stuff. And we went there and, the you know, everyone's in a panic. People are arguing and I'm looking at the shelves and like most, a lot of the stuff is empty, as you might imagine. Toilet paper is gone, of course. So, but one thing I noticed immediately was like all this cereal was gone. And then the next aisle over is the oils, like olive oil, coconut oil, and all that stuff. And it occurred to me, like if this, something's off there, right? Like if this is, if this is a survival situation, like if we're going to a deserted island and <laughs> you can take like one Starbucks cup full of calories of your choice, not that that's the scenario, but like olive oil could keep you alive for a month and cereal, you know, for like whatever, 25 minutes. And then you have to go use toilet paper. And I just thought, man, this is so, so strange that uh, like our understanding of nutrient and caloric density and all this stuff is, is off. Like we, as in whatever panic shoppers or Americans, I don't know, I'm not going to make some broad statement that prevents me from getting reelected. But um, then I had this thought, gosh, darn, like, what (laughs) advice, what advice would I have for people if it comes to like some real survival stuff and the supply runs out or, you know, if we can't count on Amazon, like we do things like that. And, and my neighbor was like, what are you talking about? You're the edible weeds guy. You're like the perfect guy for this. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, you're right. So I came up with I came up with an acronym and I'm going to say from the beginning, take it or leave it. Okay. I'll go through each thing. So here's the acronym. Are you guys down with acronyms in third grade or is it a little early for those? No way. They love them. I mean, they might more oh, likely sweet. do them for like poetry, but uh, as long as they stay up away from that one about school, that's like, oh, what was it? One of my fourth graders wrote one day. It was not mm-hmm. a pleasant thing about school. <laughs> but but no sure they're up for acronyms cool okay 
Well, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, this one is very, it's very forced, you know, like I started with the acronym and then plugged in my agenda. I didn't, I didn't make one that fit. I went the wrong way I should have, but the acronym is, uh, it's C-O-V-I-D. Okay. You ready for that? I'm totally on it. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now with, in the spirit of survival and health and gardening and community and all those things, this is like I wrote out like this, if I had a blog or if I were making a book or whatever for right now, this is what I'd talk about. And then I squeezed it into C-O-V-I-D. Okay. So C, I had to debate if that was going to be chickens or compost, but I went with compost and, and here's what I got. Now, so when people talk compost, right, a lot of them say, oh, we tried it, but it's, you know, it's just too much of a hassle to like, take a small amount of scraps and go dig it up and put it in a pile. And you're right, right? Like if you do it that way, I think that's too annoying. So what I say is like, go the pragmatic route and compost huge stuff, you know, all your leaves and all your grass clippings and whatever, like, yeah, make a big pile. But if you're just talking kitchen stuff, like do something with it, don't throw it away. And, and here's some ideas. Uh, One, bury it, that's really easy right? You dig a trench and then slowly you bury a little bit of that trench every time you take it out. And you can do that like once every two days, if you want. My mom does that. And let me tell you, her soil looks so black. And she said she just took it like two days ago or this weekend and spread it all around her vegetables. And it it is like the most and it's amazing how fast like you can put melon out and she has like this brick she kind of moves so she knows where the last pile was or something or she's got a couple of bricks and she just rotates and it's amazing how fast like melon will decompose or banana peels decompose or eggshells or coffee grounds or anything she puts out there and she buries it i'm always like mom don't you want a bigger pile but yep that's what she does (laughs) and sometimes she'll freeze it like in her freezer and then she said sometimes it's easier to bury because it's already starting to decompose yeah so practical see yeah you said your mom does it and whenever this comes up someone will go oh my grandma used to do that like yeah everyone's grandma used to do that i don't know like what happened to make that stop but it's an easy thing to do and like you just said it's it's really good for the soil and i don't know i mean i've always been no waste like that's my mentality not no waste but as little as possible and and so now that i'm you know, trying to encourage others to like, now's the time to try these things out. I so completely Um, agree with you. And I just talked to um, this woman, Diane Belzac from the National Garden Bureau. And I asked her that question because I was like, some people complain to me, oh, we're going to get raccoons or we're going to get this or that. Composting's too hard. And she's like, just do it. (laughs) Yeah. She was kind of like you, like, we can handle this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is not that hard. Like, it can be annoying if you but most people have a wrong sense of what composting is. It's just don't throw away biodegradable stuff. You know, you can, it's as easy as burying it and you don't, it's not like burying a body, you know, you don't have to dig six feet down to bury a banana peel. It's just not even six inches, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe at least five, at least five. There was a meme on Facebook <laughs> this morning about my husband's out. My wife went out to, build a potato bed and it's like this picture of this woman digging a coffin (laughs) you know a grave a graveyard and the husband's like i'm not sure i believe her i don't know it was really (laughs) anyway Uh, i love this okay so see compost was there 
compost. Yeah. Oh, the way we compost here with our food scraps is we just feed them to the chickens, which I think all chicken owners know that. But um, that, oh, I'll say one more. No, 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 no. That's it. One more letter. Let's move on to the O. Okay, this one's the most forced. You ready? Uh, because I had I didn't know how I'm to ready. work it. So it's French. It's O-U-E-F. You know what that means? It's oof, oof. You know what oof means? Is that <laughs> yeah, egg? Yeah, egg. Egg. Hey, so a little, uh, all your all your listeners who are driving might want to pull over for the laughter that's about to come with this one. But why do French people, <laughs> <laughs> why do French people only eat one egg at a time? Because one is enough. You see, <laughs> that means egg. <laughs> I was just talking about the eggs I eat with arugula in Paris on like an episode I recorded this week. But what was I going to say, Matthew? Yeah, we also have to tell listeners to pull over because somewhere I've got to bleep out an expletive and tell them to put their headphones in on this episode. The teacher. Oh, from me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Instead of that yeah. crazy neighbor, this episode is going to be called the Expl- X-rated teacher. <laughs> oh no, please don't. Because you said bad. You know, I've I've been an <laughs> online teacher, uh, you know, for so many days. So like, I'm wearing a tie and a button-up shirt on top, and then you know, like cut-off shorts on the bottom, barefoot, mismatched socks. Yeah, my yeah, my language is still on spring break. Forgive me. <laughs> this week we're officially on spring break this week and i don't think i've ever worked so hard (laughs) which was funny because like two weeks ago my principal at our meeting before the whole thing started he showed us this thing that was like do not think about your students on spring break you are taking an official break like this was back when we still thought we were getting on air the school i'm at the teachers like one teacher had a flight to puerto rico one teacher was going to watch a baseball team in in uh arizona one teacher was going to see it like these people take spring breaks mm-hmm. i feel bad that their plans were all canceled but i was anyway it, that all went out the window he like now it's like make sure yeah. you're ready for online learning on monday yes that's what happened yeah that's exactly what happened to us so we just finished our first week of online teaching um, um yeah so oh what to give out oh one egg is enough no curses here and i put an egg because i just wanted to make a little plug for chickens um i don't know why everybody doesn't have at least two chickens like that's they're so low maintenance you know and even once i got chickens for two years i was resistant to getting baby chickens because i thought oh that's going to be just more stuff and more space and even those are low maintenance, you know, and it's been fun to eat worms. Uh, kids love them. Our neighbors are asking to come by and see them. And I'm like, from six feet away with gloves on. But it, it, they're a hit. They are a hit. Get yourself some And you chickens. have little children, right? Like, didn't I ask you and you were like, yes. oh, we're just having a baby? Like, didn't you just have a baby? Oh, my year? gosh. Yeah. That was, yeah. We're pregnant with number four right now. And so um, it's always survival in this house. Well, congratulations. And that's awesome because we need lots of little Matt Zillers running around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Said not that many other people. 
Thank you, Jackie. No. All Says right. My Gene, audience, ready? I know you're. This is going to be a hit episode. <laughs> <laughs> if I say more curse words. All right, V. Uh, I almost said vasectomy. I was clearly thinking about something else. V for veggies, and you're like, yeah, veggies, of course. But here's, and I might be wrong on this, right? So I don't want any emails from people who disagree. But this is me, okay? My thing, it, always my thing, but especially now my thing is veggies versus fruit, right? Like, yes, I love fruit. I'll eat fruit. But if it's, if we're thinking of we're going to be in indoors a lot or any kind of survival, like the budget's, the budget's going to be what it is or grocery stores are what they are. If it's going to be tricky, like I want more bang for my buck. So I'm always thinking ratio of plants and I get that not everyone's going to agree with this and that's fine. But um, so like I'll grow beets, for example, and I hate beets, by the way. I think they're so disgusting, but uh, I have whatever that gene is. I have that. I can eat almost anything else. But beets, you can eat every part of the beet, uh, right? Like the greens and the stem and the root. And so like when I'm thinking of ratio bang for my buck, like the beet seems like a pretty solid bet. Whereas um, tomato, and I love tomatoes right? But you have this great big tree that occasionally spits out a tiny berry that you love. And then when you go back for the second one, they're frozen because it's already November. So I just don't do tomatoes. Um, my <laughs> wife loves tomatoes. I mean, everybody does tomatoes, you know, and they, they all get all their tomatoes in like the same week. And then they share them with me because you can't eat them all. And then the next week it snows. So get your tomatoes from your friends. You just and, grow some beets. What about, That's what I'm saying. What about cherry tomatoes? Yeah, cherry. Yeah, that's the exception. I guess cherry tomatoes are great. But I but I just like beets if I ever lived in Denver. I, <laughs> I just made a you new friend in them. Denver the other day, last week. Oh, Friends maybe she'll come eat your beets. Yeah, uh, and leafy vegetables. I mean, when I say like veggies, like I'm big, big on leafy greens. Most of the stuff I. I grow well most of it grows itself now it's really just I just let a few things go to seed and then I pick out whatever I don't want to thin it out kind of but um like leafy greens they stay alive for so long and they are very robust as far as temperature goes and all of mine at this point are climatized if you live in Denver or a zone five and you want me to send you four pounds of arugula seeds I can do it but uh veggies not fruit right so like the the veggie is you eat the plant itself as opposed to the, the thing that the plant provides, you know. And those are usually the fun parts of the fruit, like zucchini. Yeah, it's fun. Tomato. Yeah. Okay. We talked about it. But um, I'm just thinking of, I guess I'm thinking of bang for your buck. So that's the V, veggies. CO I love those v. greens too. Beet greens are so good because they're, um, like yes. spinach is going to bolt in Montana. Lettuce is going to yes. bolt in Montana, but beet greens are going to last. And then they're super nutrient dense. They got that red color in them. And you know what else they're really good yes. for? They're really good for freezing. And then if you want like where I would normally put spinach in my lasagna at Christmas time, I'll put those beet greens in there because my spinach nice. You should cut up the stems and saute them. That's a good one too. I Put do. some garlic and onion in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what you said with the red thing, like pigment and nutrition, you know, those things roll hand in hand. That's a positive correlation that you can count on. That's, yeah. All right, COV, veggies. Ready? Ready for the I? <laughs> 
much. <laughs> so yeah, I'm totally ready. I love this metric. Right. This is so awesome. Okay. Here's the I. The I is for immune system. And I got some, uh, you know, informed but unprofessional opinions on that, on the immune system. So I'm thinking natural immune system, starting with herbs, or as the English would say, herbs. And frankly, English people, I think you guys got it right, because we should say herbs, not herbs. That's ridiculous. But uh, like, look into herbs. I'm sure everyone I'm preaching to the choir here, but herbs are amazing for so many reasons. And, um, and, uh, immunity is part of that too. And herbs also happen to be quite cheap. So buying fresh herbs, that's another thing I noticed when I was in these stores and everyone's, you know, arm wrestling and whatever over eggs and uh you know only one thing a hamburger and per toilet person. paper i kid you not i went through it yesterday uh, morning i was in shock oh dude i'm getting to that one wait i think i am no i'm not but i will we're gonna talk about toilet paper um but herbs so some of so many of them are just amazing for so many reasons and i have tested this theory jackie multiple times and i have yet to for anyone to like prove me wrong you know, this is pretty radical. This is a hot take. Hot take from Matt Zeller here. All herbs in the same color family go with any other herb in that color family. I got to reword it. It's not pithy enough. All herbs roll in color families. How about that? Like, I feel like you can, if <laughs> the reds and the oranges, they all go together. Whatever you want to put it on, just put on anything red, anything orange. And then all the greens, they'll go together as well um, i don't like understand this. what you mean they go together like you can plant purple lilacs next to purple sorry lavender, no, I was thinking or like of, I was when you're eating, eating food them. cooking yeah eating them like if you're gonna put parsley on something then just dump on some sage and some rosemary and some thyme and some majorum and some oregano because those are like the heavy hitters i did this uh i did this major uh, what's the word not compendium um Anyway, I did this major analysis of like lots of different, I mean, it was like, I was fresh out of grad school, right? So I did this rogue projects about herbs and immunity and I was looking for um, like the price of them and then how potent they are as medicine and nutritionally dense. And largely this was because my son who's now four, he was in the hospital for asthma and we just weren't getting and nobody was telling us anything other than, well, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical. And I'm not against pharmaceutical, but it's like, that was the first thing all the doctors said. Actually, you know, he was in the hospital, I think, while we had a, our first call two years ago. And then when he got out, it was like, nobody told us anything. So I started looking up immunity and then um, I made this whole spreadsheet and the top heavy hitters are oregano is up there. And then, uh, all the, all the ones from the Scarborough Fair, the song, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme, you know? So I went out and bought a ton of that, and I mixed it all together. I call like, it the Scar oh, Scarborough Slammer. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. You know that song. Yeah. Um, it's like a year's worth of those, you know, that'll run you like $18. So, so wait, when you say a year, like the ones that you buy fresh in the produce section? Yeah, or like, like just a dried bulk. herb. 
No, I'm thinking the dried ones. Like, and then the, you feed your in the jars, and you cook with this food, and that's what helps your son. You know, I can't prove that it helps my son, but I eat it more than anyone else does around my house. But I also like, as far as sickness goes, I kind of walk through fire around here when the rest of my family is sick. You know, there's other stuff I do too, like eat weeds a lot more than my family. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's these claims and I didn't make them up, but um, just eating herbs. I will not say that like the the prevention, the successful prevention from the coronavirus can be found in herbs because that seems bold and, and reckless to say. And that is probably not true, but you know, you just don't want to be sick any time in life with any kind of disease, um, especially, especially now, right? So, and yeah. having a healthy immune system yeah. is like one of the best things yeah. you can do besides well, yeah. washing your hands. For sure. And to add to that, okay, so turmeric, ginger, and cayenne pepper, those three go together with me. I've got some killer coffee recipes, actually, where I kind of use coffee as like a stock for a soup. And that's a little too radical, though. We'll, we'll leave that alone. But if anyone wants to have their mind blown and you live near Denver and you own a nice germ-free astronaut suit, come over and I'll show you all of my coffee recipes. Um, garlic is another one, too. Which garlic is allegedly like the superpower immune system. So. Garlic's also really cheap, and the garlic chives, um, you know, you can grow those like overnight. Maybe not overnight, but those are. Wait, those what are, are kind garlic of the big ones. chives? How do you grow a garlic chive? Are they special bulbs that you have to buy? No, I mean any bulb you put in the ground, uh, it'll pop up. Whatever the green part is that pops up, eat a little bit of it, and you're gonna go, oh wow, that's powerful. Like yeah powerful like garlic is powerful uh no you just eat those I so like that. when people want chives. the bulbs yeah yeah you can yeah dude you can grow <laughs> i've got so much garlic uh you know like sometimes i just plant them and forget about them and then suddenly i have all these garlic chives but you know if you leave a garlic bulb sit for too long it starts to grow itself even in your fridge you know have you ever had that absolutely yeah that part that but i part. haven't had as much luck actually planting them yeah it's a you know it's a long you have to well so i plant them in um october on halloween if i can and then harvest them in july so it's a it's it's out of the regular season but it's fun because you have these green little garlic you know shoots sticking out of the snow oftentimes and and they don't care they just keep growing that's probably garlic's amazing yeah start them in october in the fall or start one now i mean start a few now and see what happens you'll probably at least get the chives or put them in forget about them and then two years later be like what is that plant oh it's garlic hey that's good news because we could use those chives I like that. Anyway, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's another thing. It's like some of the healthiest stuff also happens to be the cheapest stuff, like garlic. Also, and happens these are to also be... things like that Diane woman talked about in the Victory Garden. What they're the reason they're calling it two point version two point is to plant 
a pollinator flowers and chives are a super pollinator flower yeah that's awesome um yeah i I had a thought to talk about fermentation we skip that skip that but yeah like the i don't know the 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 taste going back to garlic like garlic and onion you know you can't just grab those and eat them like an apple because they're just too powerful right and i don't know maybe someone can speak to this but it seems like the same quality that makes it very potent to your to your taste buds right is perhaps the same qualities that make it so efficacious to your to your health and immune system you know and uh, if it if it got sweeter and sweeter and sweeter it'd probably get less and less healthy too but that's that's i don't know i guess that's sort of a a rubric that runs in my head because it checks out with with weeds like all weeds you know they don't taste like cotton candy they taste like spinach at best right and then garlic too anyway immune system yeah yeah well they go good with lots of stuff yeah i mean i'm not trying to rag on them there are very tasty ways to eat hard to eat things right like a lot of people have gotten good at that i guess that's just cooking <laughs> uh so yeah i was going to talk about where was i going to squeeze in weeds in one of these letters d no nah. oh okay okay d here it is let's d here's the d and this is another one this is forced all right obviously folks give me a grant me a little clemency on my acronym here the d is for dehydrate so this is what i was going for for the d um in the grocery stores right all the all the non-perishables are selling out fast all of the frozen stuff is selling out fast and the produce as far as I can witness is not selling out. Like it seems to be fine. I've had very little trouble finding produce. Um, But there's a trick here if you want it and maybe you don't need it, but to dehydrate. So if you have a dehydrator, you know, obviously you probably know what you're doing, but if you have an oven, then you essentially have a dehydrator. And if you have a freezer, then you have the means to take non-per—I'm sorry—perishable things and make them non-perishable. So um, with dehydrating, like yeah, we're all stocking up. But some ways you can stock up—you can stock up on produce. It is possible, and I'll share one that I'm kind of proud of. This I sound like more of a food scientist than I really am. I mean, most of my life. I'm just like wiping butts and cleaning dishes. I'm not like doing projects all the time, but um, my son is lactose or no, what, why did I say that? He's gluten sensitive. He can't have gluten. And um, a lot of the good chips have gluten in it. And then, you know, we just try to not eat a lot of corn and stuff, but you gotta put that guacamole on something, right? And so like a year and a half or two ago, I don't know, we got a dehydrator corn is really hard to give up it is in everything yeah 
It is. It is. I mean, he's not, no one's allergic to corn in my family, luckily. So we don't, we still can eat it sometimes. But, you know, the health benefits of corn are, there's like none, right? So we get, I mean, of corn chips, I'm thinking. So I, we started messing around with dehydrating things. And, uh, and I was like, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And it seems like everything is able to be dehydrated. So I made a lot of my own spices and uh, got a mortar and pestle and it was a lot of fun. But at one point we're, you know, our kids love chips, right? And I was like, why can't there be a healthy chip? Like how hard could this be? And, um, you know, and I was like, Jackie, clear my schedule. My wife's name is Jackie, right? So I got, I went and bought whatever, just a bunch of vegetables and I shredded them up in like a, you know, a food processor. And it was kind of nice because with kale, like I kept the stems in there or the ribs and, um, and like whatever else I used. Like I used all the parts that you normally don't eat and you give to the chicken because I just blended them up and I, and I made like a liquid. And then I thought this liquid's not thick enough. I gotta, gotta increase the viscosity of this sucker with my, you know, with my limited expertise of dehydrating. So I added some flaxseed and some chia seed, I think. Um, so that was about it. And then, and then I like laid it out like a cake on my dehydrator sheets and I did some in the oven too, and they all worked. And then essentially made, we call them green chips. So it's kind of a pain in the butt to make, but I mean, it just takes time, but it was pretty cool because here's a little secret, another hot take from Matt Zeller. Uh, what makes chips good is salt, I think. So at the end of the process, we just put on some salt and then our kids were eating them and loving them. And, you know, some, some families are just uber healthy, everything. And you look at their kids and they're like, our kids love eating weird stuff. And you're like, yeah, that's good. You never give them good stuff. But my kids go to like public school. They get fed candy all the time, much to my chagrin. And they still were loving these uh, green chips. So so that's that's the dehydrate. And so it takes a little time, but it is pretty fun to do. We make like the, the batter, I guess you'd say. We'll throw it all in the food processor and then shred it up. And then we'll even just freeze it, you know, and thaw it out later. And, and you could just put it in a smoothie if you want, you know. But like a we're saving the we're using the whole vegetable even the stems and the ribs and all that and then b we still have like vegetables from last summer you know we've been able to eat them all winter long if we want just because uh just because we dehydrated or we froze or whatever but i chose the letter d so today i'm gonna we're actually going to do that soon um because we have a big batch ready to go but the dandelions have just started to show their little face around here. So our plan is today to top off all of our kale and leek with some dandelions. We're going to make a big old batch of this. Keep us alive through the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, I think listeners are going to love this. They'll be like, cool, let's go pick those. Um, I was going to say that... Um, 
I saw this really cool post on Instagram the other day to win this giant Excalibur dehydrator that looked really cool because yeah. it had like 10 shelves in it. And so I thought, wow, you could really dehydrate a lot of food that way. The teacher that um, next door to me, I guess, dehydrates a ton of food. And Mike has wanted to dehydrate a lot of our food. Uh, I have heard yeah. that you can use an oven. We've done a little bit, but not a lot. I like that recipe. I'm going sure. go good with like a little cherry tomato in it. It reminds me of those. Um, there's these chips they sell at the store that I like a lot. They're like Fourth of July or some kind of July. Yeah. Or something or another. That sounds a lot like what you're making with the chia seeds and the different seeds in it. And it's probably cool because you can like vary yeah. your spices so it tastes a little bit different each time, which is the really nice thing about making yeah. Your own food. Yeah. Actually, your we own thought we could market things. this. Should we market this? Why doesn't so anybody do this? This is crazy. That was so easy. And like a month later, in our Sprouts grocery store, we saw it essentially that same thing you know like oh good thing we didn't try to get into this but of course it was like you know 20 bucks for a bag of chips like whatever but it's very doable the hard thing about doing it in your oven is you know it occupies your oven first of all and usually you're doing this you know when the vegetables are in full bloom and stuff so you got your oven running in the summer it's you know hot <laughs> i hear ya so what's the e no there's no e just c-o-v-i-d wait was there supposed to be an e it's covid yeah oh i'll no, tell you this right. the night <laughs> i just thought oh crap am i been spelling covid wrong all time um i was like what can i do with the 19 and I and I was gonna make up this thing like, and you want to have this friend, this circle of nineteen people. But can I say one closing point that didn't make the acronym? You can you can pretend it's a nineteen. You know, put it in the comment section, listener. But uh, the nineteen, okay. I'm thinking of. So we legitimately ran out of toilet paper because everybody bought it up, and we went to. I hear you. We were down to our last roll yesterday. Yeah. We, uh, I had to be at the grocery store at seven o'clock and literally there were <laughs> half a dozen people online. And then we were like standing online with the shopping carts, like, and, and these people just come walk right by. So they're like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, this is the line. We're letting social distancing people walk in. And they were like, forget that. And they just went and grabbed theirs and they turned to me and they're like, you better get some before it's all gone. And it was, I'm sure it was gone within 20 minutes. <laughs> That's crazy. probably what I should do. Like, um, yeah, sorry, so we, we legitimately ran out, you know, and this was, I don't know, like the panic was in New York, but it, we didn't think it had hit Denver yet. And um, we just were down to like three rolls. And, uh, and, and, you know, we checked like seven places are called and the laughed us off the phone, you know. And my wife was really frustrated because, She's like, this is this. Yeah, I've been calling for like two <laughs> weeks now. She's pregnant. Yeah. Finally, I was like, I can't. When's the delivery coming? Okay, be there at what time? <laughs> so, truth be told, we actually have a bidet in our house, which uh, I could not recommend more. Like, but my wife is pregnant and she has a unique relationship with toilet paper because of that. We just leave that there. So, I'm like, crap, I got to get some toilet paper. So, uh -huh. I. Here's what I did. I got on nextdoor.com and I said, hey, I assume some of you guys 
stocked up. If anybody has any to spare, you know, like we're legitimately running out. Uh, please don't reprimand me for not planning ahead. You know, we're all doing the best we can, whatever. And within 20 minutes, I have like eight to 10 rolls offered to me. Some were delivered to the house. And then after that, I had to turn people down. Like, okay, I'm sorry. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so kind. So kind. And, um, and it worked like within 20 minutes, I just, I just asked for it and then we got it. And, and then sometime after that, like, I don't know, a couple of days later, I got, I have more of my neighbors in my phone than any of my neighbors have neighbors in their phone, if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> so I texted everyone yeah. that's like within walking distance of my house. And I just said, Hey y'all, um, I think we should just have a thread going just in case, you know, we have some like older people, like there's a widow and let's just be in communication in case whatever needs to happen, happen. And so everyone's like, oh yeah, good call. Here's, here's me, here's my name, here's my number. And um, the next day I'm talking to one of my neighbors who's like my good friend. And I was like, you know, I don't think if anything dire really happens around here, like, you know, this guy, he, this neighbor, he can fix anything. And like this other neighbor, like he's a super weightlifter, firefighter, Navy vet. You know, he could probably beat up all the other neighborhoods that came to try to steal our toilet paper by himself. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be a liability when it comes down to this situation, which it probably won't, right? And he goes, no, dude. He's like, your superpower is having the humility to get out there and ask for toilet paper and then mobilize all the people in the community who we've lived here longer than you have and none of us even have each other in our phones and i was like you know what jesse you're right so that was my that was my 19 my i'm gonna talk about like the community spreading the joy you know being less busy because you're quarantined going on more walks planting some flowers just like sharing the love because uh because that seems huge right now, especially in times of big anxiety. And one friend told me, I said, I think I'm going to flip my whole yard into a farm. And he goes, you better do the backyard because front yard people will steal it. And I was like, no, I'm doing the front yard because I'm going to be growing more than plants. We're going to be growing, going to be growing hope or whatever. You know what I mean? Going to be growing hope. So 19, <laughs> hyphen 19. Get out there, spread some love, live locally, etc. How's that? Oh my goodness, Matthew, that was so perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with us today. I just, I think listeners out there, that just our hearts are warmer and they're just like feeling more connected to the organic gardener, the other green future growers out there listening and just, they're so excited. And I will put a replay up of episode, I think, what did I look? It was episode 250, mm. Edible Weeds with the Organic Gardener podcast listener, that crazy <laughs> yeah. Matthew Zeller. So it was October 28, 2018, when you shared all your kindness. And today is just, I think listeners are going to get a good laugh <laughs> and maybe they're going to feel a little better because we are all in this together and there is a lot of frustration and there's not a lot of strong leadership out there and people are, you know, 
we just don't know. And and I think, you know, Americans don't like uncertainty and we're in a time mm-hmm. of uncertainty. How long is this going to last? You know, people are without work. Like, it's like a crazy time, like that has never happened before. Um, really, like my uncle just called me and we were talking about like when polio went through and like the, one of the very, the last afternoon I was with my students that Thursday afternoon, we kind of had this like little moment where I talked about, you know, America did deal with polio when my mom was a kid. My aunt got polio. She lived one leg was shorter mm-hmm. than the other her whole life. You know, we we went through that and we will get through this together. But it's thanks to great people <laughs> like you sharing your inspiration and your superpower <laughs> with us, man. Right. Let me say one last plug. This is this is Jackie, you close okay, your ears. Good. This is for the listener. Listen, y'all. Jackie won't let me curse on this podcast. So I'm gonna have to say this in a PG way, but get out there and send a couple bucks her way because she's working hard and this is a cool resource. I think we're all getting a lot out of it. Okay, that's it. (laughs) Aw, thank you. That's really sweet. You can buy a copy of the Organic Oasis guidebook for your neighbor so they can grow a... How's that for a shameless plug? I've really been into that lately, trying to sell those half-heartedly. So, thank you so much, Matt. You have a great day. Yes, you too. Good to talk to you. Uh, You too. Bye. Get your copy of the Organic Oasis Guidebook available today from Amazon. It's got 12 lessons designed to help you create your own organic oasis. Um, It starts with healthy soil. It talks about building an earth-friendly landscape. It helps you understand the difference between annuals and perennials and how to bring in beneficial insects. It talks about fruit trees and just... um, all the lessons that I've learned on my podcast mixed with what Mike and I have done here. Okay. What Mike has done here at Mike's Green Garden. And just, um, I hope that it will help you on your garden journey, uh, to create, like I said, your own organic oasis, um, where you can have healthy food and enjoy, um, you know, a very special place. And most of all, it's good for mother earth. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.